Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel, along with Mike, uh, getting together for a weekly chat about growing in the goodness of God, growing in the gospel, and growing in His grace. Hope you're having a great week, Mike. It's always good to get together with you and chat about this good news uh, that God has given us. Well, one area that we'll never stop growing in, Joel, is is His grace and, and understanding of God's unconditional love and how it applies to our life, the price that was paid through the sacrifice Jesus made. I mean, these all sound real simple, um, and they are simple enough for a child to understand, but yet uh, so deep and profound in some ways that you can never stop learning, you can never stop growing. That's why I kind of like the title of the program. Of course, we got that from uh, one of Peter's epistles. Yeah, the one that Jesus looked at and called Satan. He's the one that... I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, things changed in Peter's life after that, didn't they? Sticks and, and stones, my friend, <laughs> sticks and stones. And the truth about what I like about Peter is that he went from denying Jesus three times, he went from Jesus looking at him and saying, get behind me, Satan, and he went from all, and, and just being this guy that really just couldn't get it together, he ends up as, you know, a premier apostle giving this great speech in Acts, uh, some people call it a 45-second sermon, that tons of people come to the Lord, and he writes these epistles in the Bible, and he tells us, that he says, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. He had spent a lifetime of doing that, and I think that's encouragement for us, just looking at the life of Peter himself, that he uh, it took him a long time. To, to, he walked with Jesus for three years. And it took him a long time, even after that, to come to understand exactly what it is, what this Christ was about. And so that that gives me hope, and I hope it gives uh, our our listeners hope, too. I, I don't know what you're going through in your life, but if, if you're struggling with growing in grace, if you're struggling with trying to live this Christian life somehow or another, just uh, rest assured that God, who began a good work in you, you know, he's the one who began the work, and he's going to be faithful God is faithful to complete that work, so that we have uh, we have a rock, Jesus Christ, that we can trust in. Joel, um, one of the things that I think I was growing in grace uh, as I became more familiar with the grace message uh, and the exchanged life message. One of the areas where I began to grow the most early on, and I still uh, work on growing in that area, is being free from guilt because. When I was um, under the bondage of legalistic Christianity, and to be honest with you, I, I didn't think that I was under legalistic Christianity. I, I saw legalists. Uh, I mean, they were uh, radical in some of their external beliefs, and uh, I, I didn't see myself in the same boat as, as they were, but as I came into a better understanding of, of what the exchange life was all about, then... I began to realize that I, I had a lot of legalism in my life. And, and in that era of my life, I just wrestled with guilt a lot. Mm. And, and sometimes it was over the silliest little things. It could be, I don't know how many examples you want me to give, but it wasn't always something real bad. It, it could have even been something. I'll tell you, uh, one time I, I heard a, a preacher that I respected uh, and, and enjoyed his teaching, but 
he was talking about prayer and, and how he would pray an hour a day. Well, I got it in my head that I needed to pray an hour a day. <laughs> and, of course, you know how long that lasted. <laughs> I'm not even sure I made it through the first hour. About 20 minutes, yeah, I was going to say. And, and uh, you know, you'd start to feel bad even about some of the things that you were uh, feeling like you were falling short in, that you were trying so hard to do spiritually. So it wasn't always just sinning that made me feel guilty. It was always seeming like I was falling short, even in spiritual areas of my life. Um, because, you know, that's the thing about legalism. You, you set the bar here, and then you jump over that bar, and then somebody else tells you, well, you had the bar too low, it's really up here. <laughs> and sometimes we even set our own bar too high. So being free from guilt, I think, is one of the biggest blessings. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm completely free from it. I'm still a work in progress here, but uh, it's been one of the biggest blessings. I'll tell you how messed up I was, Joel. I was so messed up that once I began getting free from guilt, I almost started feeling guilty that I was free from guilt. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I know you're joking around there, but it's probably a, you're, you're you're joking, but you're being serious there, aren't you? I think I think that's true. I mean, I am trying to be a little bit funny, but I think there is an element of truth involved to it, especially, especially, Joel, when you get around somebody who hasn't experienced that kind of a life in Christ. You, you do start to feel... I don't know if the word is guilty, but you, you almost feel bad about it. But I guess that's just the flesh at work sometimes. Yeah, it probably is. You know, I think that if we if we would take a poll somehow of of all the Christians in the world, and I, you know, obviously you can't do that, or, or just go to any any church. And this isn't to put down any one church in particular at all, but just you know, take a poll of people and ask them uh, if they are experiencing joy and freedom in Christ. If, if they really are living a, a legitimate life of peace, you know, Romans says that, you know, Romans 5, 1, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. And, and you know, we should be free from guilt and, and just ask people if they really believe that and, and ask them if they're living in the freedom that Christ made us free for. You know, Galatians says it is for freedom. Uh, that Christ set us free. He He didn't come so that we could wallow around in guilt. He came to remove uh, to remove the guilt. In fact, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He He came to nail that to the cross for us with Himself, and so so we could be free and and walk in that freedom. And I just wonder because I wallowed around. We've we've talked in the past, Mike, about the roller coaster ride of legalism. Uh, you feel up, you feel really high and up when when you're doing good, when you think you're performing good for God, and when you're not. And like you said, it's those subtle little things, not reading your Bible enough, not praying enough, or maybe you passed someone on the highway that was having car troubles, and you for the next week you were thinking, I, I don't know, should I have picked that person up? I don't know. And just all these things come down on you, and you wonder, you know, if Jesus Christ was really in me, I'd be changed. I'd be doing all these wonderful things for God. And we're just not, a lot of people are just not living in the freedom for which Christ has made us free. And I think that comes back to the growing process. I mean, in order to 
grow in freedom, in order to be a free person in Jesus Christ, we do, we do need to understand what the Bible says about our freedom. Well, we need to believe it, of course, but first we need that knowledge. We need to understand this is what Christ has done for you. This is what Christ has done for me. And, and just let that sink in over a period of time and let that freedom really, really take a hold of us. Well, one of the biggest burdens I used to carry around with me, Joel, was uh, feeling the need to confess all of my sins to be forgiven. And this was after I was born again. Uh, you know, we, we often refer to 1 John 1, 9. We're not going to go into a lot of detail. We don't have time on this program right now, so I'll just kind of give my, my personal testimony on this. But, you know, 1 John 1, 9, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Well, people would tell me that verse, and if you take that literally... That means I need to confess. When I do something wrong, I need to confess to be forgiven. If I don't confess, the implication is that I'm not forgiven um, based on that, that, that scripture and the way people would apply it. And so, of course, you could never remember everything that you did wrong, every thought, every action, every little thing that, that could have been done wrong. So eventually you get to the place where you do the blanket generic prayer, Oh, God, forgive me for everything. And let me start all over with a fresh slate, wipe my slate clean, and let me start all over, and I'll try even harder. That's almost like getting born again all over mm -hmm, again, mm -hmm. which isn't required, right? And, and it's sending, can I be this bold, it's, it's sending Jesus to the cross again. Exactly, and, and, and it has Old Testament implications too, Joel, because remember we've, we've talked about how the, the Old Testament saints, they would uh, you know, per, perform the animal sacrifices and the confession of sins to, to the high priest, and they would do this over and over and over again. Well, that's basically what I was doing. I mean, I didn't have an animal that I was slaughtering, but I was, it was as if I were bringing an animal back to the altar to try to cover up my sins again. I'd go out and goof up, and guess what? I was back at the altar again trying to do the whole thing all over again. That's why Jesus came. He made one sacrifice for all. If uh, the doctrine that I held before about the confession of sins and, and what I've just been talking about, if, if that were true, uh, Jesus would have to come back over and over again. If, if, if there was something else required, even the confession of sin, if that's required for me to be forgiven, uh, then it was not a perfect sacrifice. You know, like what you're talking about with the animal sacrifices, it was, it was, it was blood. It was the blood of bulls and goats. It was the blood of animals that, that temporarily covered the sins. But as we've talked about in the past, it never took away sins. But there's something about the blood of Jesus, uh, you know, who that has completely taken away our sin. You know, John the Baptist, as I quoted him just a little while ago, said, Behold the Lamb of God. He's talking about Jesus, of course, who takes away the sin of the world and he what Jesus' blood did was something that the uh, the blood of bulls and goats could never do because the blood of bulls and goats, again, just covered sin. And in fact, as, as Hebrews tells us, it really brought a reminder of sins every year. All, all it did was remind us of our sins. Jesus covered, not, not just covered, but he took our sin away. It's, it's that blood of Jesus, his blood, is not to be trampled on by our doubt and by our unbelief and by our thinking that there's something that we can do because that really does, it insults the spirit of grace. 
I, I'm sort of being harsh and in a sense, just for, you know, to make a, a, a point in that we need to really trust in what Christ's blood has accomplished for us. It's good news for us. Instead of wallowing around in, in guilt for our sin, he, he has come to set us free. And, and uh, we're trying to encourage each other here and encourage you, the listener, to, to walk in that freedom. Well, and I want to say, Joel, that uh, somebody might be saying, gee, are, are you saying that confession uh, is a bad thing? No, no. Con- confession can have its place. Make no mistake. It's just that uh, you don't have to get to the place where uh, confessing individual sins is a requirement to be forgiven. Uh, that that brings us back under the, the bondage of, of uh, us being responsible for fulfilling a covenant when, when Jesus Christ is the one responsible. He's the one whom, whom the covenant was set up with, with uh, God the Father. And so confession can be a good thing. Some people just don't want to hold that sort of thing in. And so talking with God about it, maybe even talking with a friend in some cases, can be a healthy thing. It's just not required to be forgiven. You're already forgiven because of what Jesus has done through his completed work. Yeah, and, and really, just to, just to touch real briefly, as we uh, end the program today, that word confess in 1 John 1, 9 really means agree. Uh, it's not as if our confession, like, oh, I admit it, it's not as if our confession actually forgave us, because it's the blood of Jesus that forgave us. And when we confess our sin, when we confess that we have sin, all we're doing is we're agreeing with God that there is sin, and so we need that blood of Jesus, to uh, remove our sin from us. And so that confession was, was made by uh, that particular confession in 1 John 1, 9, is a confession for unbelievers to agree with God that they have sinned, therefore they can receive the blood. At least that's my understanding of it. Well, we got to wrap this one up. I'm Joel, along with Mike. Uh, get a hold of us at graceroots.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, we'll be back again next time for more talk about growing in grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.